Have you ever wondered what is really happening behind the curated feed of your favorite influencers and brands? The Social Sessions Podcast gets the real story. I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, a creative director and social media manager. Between the two of us, we have 13 years of experience in the social media world. All right. Welcome back to Social Sessions, you guys. It is just Tara and I today talking to you for the 87th time for us. We've recorded this episode like four times and there's been technical difficulties every time, but we want to talk to you about content pillars. Um, something that I feel like a lot of people get wrong. They don't understand what it is. They don't understand why they should have it. So we're going to break it down for you really simply today. But before we get into that, we wanted to go over on these solo episodes, we kind of go over what we've been working with, things that we've been trying on different platforms, what we think is working well, what isn't working. So Tara, what are you, what are you kind of doing right now? You know what? There's a couple things that I did notice um, this week, and it's like those the stagnant post on Dr. Patel's page only got like 47 likes, and like I did see that actually, right? Like yeah. what in the heck? And those are some good quality like photos, and I'm yeah. not sure. Does he normally get a lot more than that? Yes, like hundreds. That's what I thought. So I'm like it. It's uh throwing me off a little bit. So I don't know if, st- if like they're punishing you for posting a statement post at this Seriously, point. Seriously, <laughs> we were just talking about Instagram. Instagram feels like we're all just, it's the blind leading the blind right now is what it feels like. Like nobody, everybody thinks they know what they're doing and then they do it and it doesn't work. And everyone's like, so does anyone else have anything? Because I've exhausted all of my options. That's what Instagram feels like right now. It does. It's so frustrating. I think the only thing that I've noticed that has been doing well, at least on our account and the Social Sessions account, at mm-hmm. Social Sessions Podcast, if you would like to follow, we yes. would love that. Um, I've noticed that I've been doing just talking videos, which per- before I felt didn't perform well, like original audio of just me talking and giving tips. I yeah. felt like those – I never used to post those on Instagram. They stayed strictly on TikTok because I thought that they – because they didn't used to do very well. It was more like sounds, right? Yeah, exactly. So now I've been doing them and we've gotten like 12,000 views, which is like pretty good for an account that only has 500 followers. (laughs) Exactly. So like, I don't know, they've, and it's been like three in a row that have done pretty well. So I guess Instagram wasn't. You also said said something on the millionth, on the first time we recorded about, um, not using a cover on your reel. Oh yeah, I felt I've been this is I mostly notice this on my personal account, but I've kind of transitioned it across all accounts that I run that just don't put a cover on your reels. I think they've done a lot better for me without covers because I then I went back to covers and it was like very very slow growth on these reels, like really <laughs> slow and it wasn't hitting the numbers that it had previously. So, so those are, are you p- things. Are you picking like a um, specific shot within the content? Yeah, that- I normally will pick one. I mean, if it's like vlog-ish or mm-hmm. if I can find like a frame that will fit the feed theme, like the colors a little That'd bit be more, great. I'll yeah. choose that. Otherwise, I'm like, I just want to find a 
frame of me that doesn't look insane and then I move it over <laughs> to just the reels tab. Like I take it off of the grid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I've been working with. You had mentioned earlier something about location-based hashtags. Yes, location-based hashtags is something that I think um, more people should be doing. And I think that it helps businesses that are like if they're like smaller if they're looking local for businesses. Local businesses, yeah. yeah. I think that is where you are going to find value in it. And you've been talking a lot about if you can see them as a keyword, see hashtags as keywords rather than as um, hashtags. You know what I mean? Yeah. When hashtags first came out a while ago, um, <laughs> people used to like use them as like sentence, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. And like, now I'm like, that's not the purpose of them. Right. Right. It's definitely changed. Yeah. It's, it's not like changed. trending. Ha- or I think hashtag- we can do we can do a whole episode on hashtags and keywords because I made some TikToks about it. And I, I texted this in our company group chat because I said sometimes I forget that the things that we talk about and the things that we know aren't necessarily common sense. So I made like a really brief video about hashtags and keywords. And I got a su- surprising to me, a surprising amount of comments being like, what's the difference? Like what exact keywords do I need to use? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's, it's different for every niche. So if you guys want to hear kind of a, a quick rundown on That'd what the difference is, good. why you need them, like let us know because I got more questions than I had expected on that video. I know I noticed it too. So definitely people are wondering what's that about. Exactly. Well, now getting into the actual subject of the episode today, which is content pillars, like we had said. So Tara, what? how would you describe content pillars? What are they? They are your brand. It's your brand um, identity, basically. It's what you or your niche that you're in. It can be a number of things. It could be um, content, educational content. It could be before and afters. It could be I, I, I'm always going back to my clients because that's obviously where my brain is. Right. And yours is on the awesome TJ stuff. And I'm thinking about dentistry and plastic freaking ass surgery. <laughs> um, <laughs> freaking surgeries. But um, so we try to do stuff that's personal about the doctors and then we'll do a product and then we'll do like, so there can be different things that way, but it's a way to organize your content and help you produce different types of, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically it's like, I would, I would say it's like five different categories, five subjects, five topics, whatever you want to call it that you Mm -hmm. consistently go back to. So I use like the health niche a lot. Health is a very broad umbrella, right? So you're, if that's your niche that can't, you need to specify a little bit. So your content pillars could be like healthy recipes. It could be workout guides. It could be workout outfits. It could be like a lifestyle of like get to know me could be a content pillar. You just have to break it down. So that way it helps you stay within your niche, which kind of leads us into like why you would need 
a content pillar, why brands need it, why people need it. I would say kind of what we were just saying that it helps keep the brand voice. It makes everything feel cohesive. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you kind of position yourself as an expert in your field. Because if you keep talking about the same thing over and over again, people are mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, they know what they're talking about. Like, this is my person for this niche, for this category. And your content pillars help you do that. And they definitely, I think sometimes people are afraid that it's going to get really repetitive if you have content pillars and it's going to get really boring or you're going to run out of ideas. The thing with content pillars is, is it doesn't need to be like so specific, like circling back on the health circle back. example, circling back on the health example. Like you don't need to get so specific that you're like gym outfits that I only wear to boot camp that are black. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like you can just be like outfits I wear to work out. That could be a, yeah. a category. So the way that you're saying that is kind of the way that I learned. I didn't learn the same way that you did as far as content pillars. And I learned the whole concept from Jasmine Starr. Um, she's also like an uh, Instagram expert, whatever. Um, and so she said that it would be t- 12 things that identify your brand. So then if you have a broader, if you have 12, and she always referred back to like the grid or the nine to 12, the first nine to 12 images somebody sees on your feed, Um, is how they identify you and how they see if they want to follow you or if any, you know, so you have to, when you have that variety of content, it allows the consumer, the follower to, um, learn everything in one by looking at one. So you'll, you'll switch it up. Don't post like three things of the same pillar Mm -hmm. in a row. Like you'll switch it up. Um, but going back to the idea of like, people think they're going to run out of ideas because it's, limiting. Mm -hmm. I think it actually helps you create more ideas. You just get creative with the ways that you are sharing this message or sharing the topic. So, and the other thing is, is like you can repeat ideas. That's a whole other topic, but you can repurpose content. So don't think that just because you made one video or one post about one of your content pillars, you can't (laughs) talk about that topic yeah Yeah, you can't talk about that again you are it's a good thing to repurpose content it's a time saver we do it all the time I think it's different too for an influencer um and that being a niche and then a business being like this is what our brand stands for this is what we do um so it's different with whether you're an influencer or a business but the idea is the same yeah I agree it might be a little bit harder for you to come up with content pillars as a business. But I think that's kind of where your vision and your goals and your mission statement come into play. It's kind of, we've talked about this a million times, but kind of creating a brand personality, this helps with that. So if you go back to, you know, your brand statement and your mission statement and whatever, that's going to help you come up with these content pillars that actually align with your business. Which actually leads me into our next, like the last kind of topic around this, which is how to choose your content pillars. So if you're a brand, I would do that. I would go back to like, why did you start this? What is your mission statement? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to offer? And then what are different ways that you can showcase that? I always try to tell people to like, 
identify things about themselves that others might not know about them or, or something like that. Like Dr. Patel didn't, they didn't know he liked Spider-Man. Right. And yeah. Like ask your friends, ask your coworkers, like what, what do you think others could relate to? What do you like, what's something about me that I might not see myself? Yeah. And then if you're an influencer, I think it might be a little bit easier. You, most of us already know our niche. So from there, it's kind of what are you passionate about? What are some things that you can talk about forever and break that down? Like use that as finding your content pillars. The last thing I really want to say about this is you don't – it's the same thing with a niche. Like don't think just because you're like these are my five content pillars, don't think you're stuck with them forever. Test it out. I mean I would give it like – two months, a month or two months to like test out these pillars. But if you have recipes as one of your content pillars and your audience is like, these are actually terrible recipes and I don't <laughs> like any of these things that you're posting, like the engagement's really low, like things, you you know the indicators. If people don't like your content, you're going to be able to see it. So if you've been posting this specific type of content pillar for like two months and people still hate it, switch it up, like change it or change the style of content that you're doing. So you're not, you're not like married to it. You're not stuck to it. You're definitely not. And you're going to change, but I mean, except with a brand that's too also a little different because then you you don't want to get, I think I struggle with that too, with even like building the agency, just like sticking to it and saying like, this is what it is. Right. Yeah. Not getting swayed or like, Maybe we should do some of that. Well, I've even no, talked about that just even in terms of like visual branding. Uh-huh. This is a little bit off topic, but just in terms of like don't give in too easily to to like being swayed in other directions. But I told you I love that the like aesthetic of like it's black and white. It's like the serif fonts and it's all in like italics and it's really minimal and I love that. Mm-hmm. But I also like – our branding. It's just not the same. But every time I see it, I'm like, we should completely switch our branding. And I'm like, that's so... No, like I can appreciate that someone else has that kind of branding and I can also appreciate ours. But it's kind of the same with content pillars. That's why we are saying you got to stick it out for a little bit. If it really isn't working and your audience really hates it, change it. But you do have to stick it out for a little bit. Otherwise, you're you're not going to really be able to see what your audience gravitates towards. It it takes consistency like for a while, because if you look back at our account, even like before this was agency page was the TJ page. It was my photography page and all the followers were like photography people. And so they weren't like the content pillars changed on them and they're like, who the heck is this or what is this? And so, um, not only the content pillars, <laughs> the entire niche, the entire account change. <laughs> it did. And so um, the other thing is, is if, if it's not working before you change your content pillars, again, we said you can change it and we mean that. But also if you shoot this recipe style video and it's like you talking to the camera and maybe they hate it, maybe the next time you try and you put text on the screen and it's more of like a vlog style, like Try different styles of the same type of content pillar. And then if that still doesn't work, that's when it might be time to change. You got anything else to say about content pillars? 
No, I'm so burnt out on content, content fillers. Like I can't even. Like sure. I said, you guys, we have recorded this. This is literally our like fourth time recording this episode because it just hasn't. Trust me when I tell you that the first episode was so good. <laughs> and now that we've recorded it four times, um, there's we're less in- passion about it. <laughs> I know. I was like, there's less enthusiasm about this topic. But what we said still stands. It's definitely – they're still important. They we are important. Have, we've just talked about it a lot. Yes. So make right. some content pillars. Well, Shh. that's all we've got for you. This week we have a really, really fun guest for you guys next week. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, but until then, follow us on Social Sessions Podcast at on Instagram – Follow us at TJ Creative Agency on TikTok for even more tips. We got an email newsletter, but most importantly, rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us out. Talk to you later.